Over in the United States, there's a debate raging on the right to carry a concealed weapon. Some claim that it's their constitutional right, uh, the Second Amendment, which allows the right to bear arms, to carry a gun with you anytime or all the time. But others are worried about the possible danger. Weapons hidden, but always accessible in at the shops, on the street, even perhaps at church. You can't see them, but the person you meet might be carrying one. Estimates suggest that there are about 8 million active permits. 8 million people running around the United States <coughs> carrying weapons at all times. You wouldn't want to cross one of them. Yet Solomon in Proverbs warns us that everyone carries with them a deadly weapon. The wounds may not be physical, yet the danger is real. As we heard at the start of the service from Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. That uh, little muscle in your mouth could be the engine, the, an agent of death or a giver of life. I wonder, have you ever considered the uh, potential of your tongue? The tongue uh, used to sing lullabies can also be used to criticize and demoralize the very same child. The tongue uh, which whispers sweet nothings to a lover can then be used to hurl abuse. Scorn. The tongue which shares pleasantries and shows politeness can be used to slander and gossip. The tongue which reports the truth can be turned to tell lies, even those little white ones that don't seem too bad. The tongue which sings God's praise can also utter curses of God and of people made in his image. Maybe even before we've left the church building. You see, the tongue is powerful for good or for ill. Perhaps we only realise the potential for harm whenever we have been on the receiving end. Of someone's tongue, of someone's harsh words. We feel this thing. The words are etched in our mind long after a physical wound would have healed. You see, words have a way of getting under our skin, lodging in our mind, being played on constant playback. 
knowing what it's like, having been on the receiving end, we need to be careful then how we speak to others. How many times have you had one of those toothpaste moments where the words are out there and try as you might, you just can't put them back in. They're out. The arrow has been released. The poison has been unleashed. Proverbs is all about how we live wisely in God's word. It's hardly surprising then that that Proverbs contains so much about the tongue and lips and mouth and words. Even in that that little portion that that Davy read for us tonight from chapter 10, that was my fault. uh, There were 11 verses of those 27 Uh, Which mentions something to do with lips or tongue or mouth or words. And the constant uh, contrast as we've been seeing in Proverbs is between those who are wise and those who are foolish. The wise are those who fear the Lord. As we saw uh, on the first week, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's your entry, your your building block. Those who fear the Lord are those who are wise, are those who are righteous. And the contrast continues between uh, the righteous and the wicked. And tonight we see that uh, in the way we use our tongue. Look at uh, verse 11 uh, on the sheet. It says there, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The words of the righteous are like a flowing fountain, bringing life. Imagine um, a fountain in uh, Rome or somewhere like that, you know, a lovely, clear water fountain. And you need a drink. You're thirsty. And so it's refreshing. It gives you life. That's what at the mouth of the righteous is like. Proverbs says. In contrast the mouth of the wicked. Conceals violence. It's there. Just below the surface. Just waiting to come out. But for now it's hidden. And you know the way that this proverb goes. It ties in with what Jesus says about impurity. Do you remember in uh, Luke chapter 7. Where Jesus is tackled by the Pharisees. For eating without washing his hands. They reckon that because he eats with unclean hands. That he is therefore unclean. Because what he's putting into his body is making him unclean and impure. But Jesus gets to the root of the problem. He says it's, it, it's not what goes in. It's not food that makes you unclean. 
but rather it's what comes out of a person is what defiles them. He says, for from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. So including those things uh, which are uh, to do with words. So uh, deceit, slander, foolishness. You see, your words uh, might be a problem, but they're the symptom rather than the root cause. Whenever you uh, go home tonight, if you turn on the tap to make a cup of tea and dirty water comes out of the tap it's probably not a problem with the tap the tap's just bringing the water into your home you need to go a little further back to see where the problem lies in the same way our wrong words are the overflow of our wrong hearts You see, the problem lies deeper. To stop at saying wrong things and bad things may help. But it actually won't cure the deeper problem. It's only as our hearts are changed that our lives will be changed. And then our words will be changed as well. Proverbs gives us some suggestions on how the change needs to be brought about. Let me read from chapter 26. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows and death is the man who deceives his neighbour and says, I'm only joking. For lack of wood, the fire goes out and where there is no whisperer, Quarrelling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. To deceive someone and then say after it all, you know, I was only joking. I was only keeping you going. Proverbs says that's like someone throwing arrows around in the street. Someone throwing firebrands around. Now the Bible isn't saying that it's wrong to have a joke. But the way we go about it can be dangerous. Or what about... The whisperer. Everyone loves a little bit of gossip. Something to share about someone else. Sometimes we can even be pious about it and and dress it up as a prayer request. Well, did you hear about Sammy? You might need to pray about him because of what I've heard. 
You ever done something like that? Ever heard something like that? But Proverbs says that such whispering, such gossiping is like throwing more wood onto the fire. It only continues quarrels. It might be uh, sweet, it might be tasty, it might be delicious, but it actually brings ruin. The other day I saw a great definition of gossip and of flattery. Gossip is saying something behind one's back you would never say to their face. And flattery is saying something to their face that you would never think of saying behind their back. I wonder how we use our tongues. What do they say about us as we talk about others? What do they show about us as they overflow from our hearts? There's somewhere in Proverbs says that, um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something like, even a fool looks wise until he opens his mouth. And then his folly is plain to everyone. That's the same idea, that overflow of what's inside. Coming out of the mouth. And even for Christians the tongue is a problem. James addresses it in his letter. Which is a bit like a New Testament version of Proverbs. You could nearly even say that he goes further in condemning our tongues. And we got a a flavour of what he says in our confession tonight. You see James says that the tongue is... At something so small. And yet. It has a big influence. Like a bit. In the mouth of a horse. To direct it where to go. Or like a ship's rudder. A very small part of the boat. And yet it uh, directs the whole course. Of the whole ship. But James says that the tongue is a world of unrighteousness set on fire by hell even when we're Christians we're still prone to those double standards the blessing of God and the cursing of people It's like a a, a stream that has both fresh water and salt water. It's impossible for that to happen. And James says, my brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. So guard your tongue. Watch what you say. Because within your mouth you have the power of life to encourage and build up. Or the power of death. An arrow, a a poison 
We need God's help. To experience that change of heart. uh, Which will then flow outward to change our words. So let's pray to him now. And ask for his help. Father we thank you that Jesus spoke perfectly. We thank you that he did not sin in what he said. We pray that his purity would be given to us. That our sins would be covered by his sacrifice. Lord, change our hearts and change our words that we may speak in living echo of your tone, that we would speak for your praise and glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.